Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tolkien Chat with the Tolkien Professor. It's been a while since we have done this, but I am uh, delighted uh, this evening to be joined by Andang uh, from the Lotro Players News. He's the lead director on Lotro Players News and uh, a member of the Players Alliance as well. Uh, Andang is, uh, is somebody that I have been running into uh, in the last, uh, you know, 10 months or so since I started playing Lotro, Lord of the Rings Online, uh, late last summer, early last fall. Um, and uh, I have really been loving exploring the game. I, you might have uh, seen some of my uh, adventures, <laughs> exploring the game. I've started doing a, a, a live stream of my Lotro adventures and things. Um, and uh, if you if you are hearing about this now for the first time, uh, you should know I'm playing on the Landreval server, if you play Lotro yourself and are interested to find out, and you can join our kinship that we've started called the, called the Mythgard kinship. Um, but uh, as I say, during my adventures, I have had the great pleasure to meet Andang, and he is one of the people doing some really fascinating stuff uh, with Lotro. Uh, Andang has his uh, his own YouTube channel called PVMP Andang, A-N-D-A-N-G. Well, tonight we're here to talk about a really exciting project uh, that Andang's been working on for some time, um, and it is due to be released this week on August 3rd. Um, so, Andang, why don't you start off just by telling us a little bit about uh, this big new project you've been working on? Yes, well, our goal with Miller Lore is actually to bring the lore of the books to audiences in a simple and concise way. So basically we want the lore to be presented with in an interesting way without changing or adding to the lore because obviously that'd be really bad. <laughs> um, and so this means we have to uh, leave out a lot of the material to keep the story flowing. And so we're actually uh, doing a YouTube video series where we're actually uh, presenting the lore in about 10-minute videos on a specific area. So, for example, our first episode is The Shire. And so in about a little over 10 minutes, because Tolkien wrote a lot about The Shire, uh, <laughs> we explain the whole history of the area and the important things that the hobbits themselves would consider important to their history, uh, which is kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, that's that's really neat. So so it's 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 meant to be the this whole the whole series is meant to be basically an overview of the history of Middle Earth, right? And really focusing on specific areas and basically helping people who don't know the lore that well or maybe want to refresh themselves in an interesting way be able to get involved in the lore. Yeah. That's really cool. <clears throat> One of the things that I really uh, admire about it, I just was just watching uh, the first episode, um, and I really admire the way in which you are mixing, you know, both some some really basic material. That is, I mean, you're, you're not kind of taking for granted that people, you know, know anything really. You know, somebody who's never read Tolkien at all could be could watch this and and understand it from the beginning, which I really admire, by the way, because I'm terrible at that. I'm, I'm terrible <laughs> at taking things for granted. Um, but um, it's like when uh, when people ask me to come up with uh, like Tolkien trivia questions. I'm awful at coming up with Tolkien trivia questions because I, I I have a hard time thinking of like easy ones. But anyway, it's 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 it, you do a great job of sort of starting at that level and yet um, telling the story in such a way that it really is interesting uh, in the way that it brings everything together that I think even people who are very f familiar with the books are probably going to learn something from uh, from 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 those uh, from these shows um, 
I, I think, uh, you know, for instance, one of the things that I, my favorite part of the first episode is when you do the map of the three kingdoms of Arnor. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh man. I have never seen that done so clearly where you can, yeah, that really took see... a long time to look up <laughs> exactly where each of the countries start and stop. So yeah. Yeah. It's very hard to figure out where the kingdoms were. Yeah. Oh man. So people who have ever been confused, which is like a hundred percent of people, if they're honest by those passages in appendix a that describe like the division of the three kingdoms and everything. And, Oh, just to be able to see like the map of the kingdom of Arnor. And then you divide it up into three color coded, uh, sections of, of, uh, of Arthodyne and Rudar and Cardo. And that was fantastic. Um, <laughs> and also really just the way you, there's, there isn't any one place in, uh, Tolkien's works where you really bring, um, where he really brings the whole history of the Shire uh, together in one continuous narrative, which is what that first uh, that first episode does, which was a, which was a really cool idea. Tell me about sort of the process of of kind of pulling those things together and and uh, and and kind of building the uh, the script in the episode. Yeah, well, first of all, I think we need to maybe have context on where the series came from. Yeah, sure. Um, so a long time ago, like over a year ago, I had this crazy idea to do a lore series and then realized how much time it would actually take <laughs> <laughs> and decided that maybe that's not going to happen. But we, we started writing a script at the very least and um, got to work on that. And this was because I was starting to do um, more video-based stuff uh, and projects like that with others uh, one of the things was uh, Murder and Bree, which I don't recommend anyone go back and watch because it's, <laughs> looking back on it, it's not very good. But uh, it got me interested into kind of doing this sort of thing. And so from there, I had this idea to do, well, it'd be cool to explain the lore in really simple videos. And then a bunch of stuff happened in real life, plus I realized how hard it would be. Um, and luckily, a, a long time later... Uh, we found out that you were starting to play Lotro and we teamed up, you know, with Lotro players and you to be doing stuff. And we even got uh, Trish onto our podcast and uh, really enjoying having her on there. And in a one-off mention, I think one of our co-hosts mentioned that I had been working on this series a long time ago. And so Trish finds out about it and uh, thinks it's a great idea yeah. and decides to immediately go and tell you. <laughs> and so I'm like, great, now I have to do this series because there's expectations. I remember uh, that conversation. She was very excited about it. <laughs> and so because of that, I decided it was finally time to uh, dust off the old script and take a look at it. And what was really awesome, uh, a really awesome thing that you did was actually provide people to help out. And uh, honestly, this project probably would not still be happening without your help <laughs> and all the uh, people that came along with it because it's just a lot of work to condense the entire history of the Shire down to 14 minutes and in later episodes condense the entire history of other places into around 10 minutes. It's very difficult to do. 
really is. You know, I got to tell you, I was I almost broke out laughing earlier on when you said uh, that your goal was to make a, a simple and concise videos because I was like, boy, you know, <clears throat> my listeners are not going to be used to hearing the word simple and concise on this <laughs> podcast. It's not exactly my calling card, you know, so I really admire, you know, just as you always really admire things that you just can't do yourself. I can't do simple or concise. Uh, and so it's 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 a remarkable thing. I mean, if I were trying to do, you know, a, uh, you know, sort of a summary of the lore of Middle Earth, I would be doing it in three hour episodes. But you've really condensed an amazing amount of material <laughs> down well, into 14 minutes. We do start out with like 10 page scripts and then gradually weed it down to five or less. Okay. <laughs> So we do start out with a lot of material and gradually decide what's actually important to the history of that particular area. Yeah. And it's a tough thing to do, but luckily Terry Adwin and uh, Iogro and Elvish are on our editing team, and they do a great job editing things down. Oh, yeah. Boy, that is such a thankless. That's that's like the job I would I would like least, I think. <laughs> cutting down. It could be cutting out of material. I can't bear it. Um, but, but good. Now, that's great. Um, now, what do you... Uh, the, the, the idea to do this as a video, so and we should make sure that we understand when people understand what we mean. When we say a video series, like uh, you know, uh, you know, it's a, you should ex explain to people about how the videos are constructed and what the sort of the the whole medium of the of the videos is. Right. I guess I should actually explain my project in a simple and concise way as well. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically we're doing a kind of documentary uh, history channel style uh, video series that goes through explaining the, uh, you know, history or lore of the Shire or, you know, whichever place we're talking about. And we're doing that uh, visually by using the Lord of the Rings online as a visual medium now obviously all the lore is strictly tolkien stuff um but we are going in and using lotro to portray that visually and explain visually what we're talking about and uh that's also a tough task <laughs> yeah 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 tell me what what have been some of the challenges of trying to to use lord of the rings online as a as a as a filming uh, you know medium in that way nazgul that's cool. <laughs> because you One just... thing that I found out is that you can't actually turn off floating text above characters, which surprised me because you can basically modify everything else about the game. Okay. But you can't turn um, off floating text. And so that makes it very difficult to film uh, cutscenes and things like that where you'd actually be able to use uh, certain characters and so you have to either time it right where they're not talking or find a different NPC in the game to actually go and film mm -hmm. uh, to get your idea across. That That's a very tough uh, part. Another tough part uh, is doing battles because Lotro doesn't really do battles. So we actually are using a mod for Medieval 2 Total War, which is a game that's a strategy game, large-scale uh, strategy game. And this mod is a total overhaul. It's called Third Age Total War. And it allows us to basically visually do these really large-scale battles. And a little bit of behind the scenes, even things that don't require large-scale battles per se, but require certain things. Uh, in the first episode, we 
there's the uh, famine and cold win- long winter that takes place in the Shire history. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to portray that, I actually had to have two Hobbit armies fighting each other in a winter Shire <laughs> to be able to make it look like that they were starving in the cold winter. Um, oh, right. Yeah, so, the, the, the scene with the corpses. Right. right. Yes, <laughs> the scene right. with the corpses. <laughs> That's right. I remember that one. Right. Right. But um, can I can I just interrupt uh, for a second to say, wait, wait, there's there's a third age total war. How did I not know that there was a third age total war? Well, That's, there isn't a third age total war, but there is a mod. There's a mod. Right. A, that so players made. It's a mod for Medieval for, 2 total war. But it's only for PC players. Uh-huh. Um, but I think if you use boot camp on Mac, you can also get it that way. <laughs> Yeah, that's very funny. No, I, I, I asked because I, I, I am uh, uh, I actually was thinking when I was watching the, I was wondering where the battle scenes came from because I could tell they weren't Lotro, and, uh, and I'm like, you know, it kind of looks like like Total War, but it can't be Total War. There's there, there's no <laughs> there's no white hand banner in 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 medieval Total War. Um, yeah. This very... particular mod has won all sorts of awards and is actually one of the top five PC mods. Certain people put it into the top five PC mods, so it's it's really a good mod. <laughs> wow, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, sorry, I had to I had to stop for a second to ask about that. As uh, I would actually rate Medieval Total War, the original Medieval Total War, is one of my like top four video games of all time, probably. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, interesting. That, that's very cool. Um, other things, other things about, you know, tell me more about, uh, I mean, obviously some of the, uh, you know, one of these, some of the advantage, obviously, of using Lotro as a medium is that, you know, you've got many of the sets pre-made and everything there, right? I mean, you know, you know, you can, you've, you, you've got a bunch of things right there without having to build anything. Um, but, uh, but it looks like just, uh, you know, from having been in the game, um, you know, there were some some places uh, in the video that I that I recognized, and some that I didn't recognize. Um, how how challenging is it finding finding scenes and, and 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 places to film stuff? Very, but luckily we have a landscape scouting team. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually have a location scouting team before I go in and film stuff, and that actually makes it so much easier for me. But they're having a very tough time. And, uh, but they're they're gracious enough to to do the job, and that's actually our largest team, just because it takes forever to find locations in Lotro, and they'll actually uh, we use uh, Google Docs, and there's actually a slideshow thing in uh, Google Drive right. that you can use, and so they'll actually put a screenshot up of the area that they're talking about, or you know that the script's talking about, and so they'll put a screenshot on there and put the coordinates in the game that I need to go to to film. <laughs> Right. So that I can actually uh, go there. So they really are landscape scouts and storyboarders all together. Um, so it's it's a lot of, a lot of work. Uh, and so I should probably do a rundown of the whole uh, process. Yeah, yeah. Um, so first of all, it starts out with the lore research team. And so they make just a bullet point list of like all the things we could possibly talk about about the particular area we're talking about. Right. And uh, then we kind of weed it down with the writers and they turn it into sentences and things like that. And then the editors come in and they cut out most of what the writers wrote (laughs) and make it be very concise and uh, turn it into the final product. Uh, And then 
we send it up to quality assurance and they say, no, that's not the final product. Here's a bunch of revisions to make it be even better. And then the editing team does those. And then after that, it actually goes off to uh, both at the same time, uh, the landscape scouting team so that they go and go and, you know, look at the whole script and be able to scout for what we need in the game. Or maybe they say there's absolutely no way we can do that in Lotro. You need to use your mod or, you know, something else. Um, and at the same time, it actually goes to voiceover, which is something we haven't talked about yet. Mm-hmm. Um, these scripts are an entire, basically they're narration style. So there's only one person talking the whole time. And uh, we actually have Braxwolf doing the voiceover for it. And that took a long time because originally I was going to be doing the voiceover and then realized how different narration voiceover is from doing character voices and things like that. Because right. doing reading for a long amount of time of uh, a narration is really tough. And then you throw in all the crazy Tolkien names and pronunciations <laughs> and it gets a lot tougher. So uh, I, I don't envy Brax's job at all. <laughs> right. Right. Um, then after that, it goes on it, to it really makes you appreciate Martin Shaw, doesn't it? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much so. Yeah. The narrator of the, Silmarillion audiobook for those who don't recognize the name. <clears throat> yeah, I just, it's, uh, w- when you were saying that, I was, uh, I had just like pop into my memory some <laughs> passages of uh, Martin Shaw having to suddenly rip through a whole bunch, a whole string of very obscure names. Um, yeah, I have uh, so much more respect for voiceover narrators. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But sorry, I interrupted. So you were, you were, no, talking, that's so you, after the voiceover, Yes, after the voiceover, it goes on to the music team and they add in music. And what's really cool is my YouTube partner allows for music from audiomicro.com. They actually pay for me to be able to use any of the music on there, which a lot of like big networks like NBC and other places use music from there as well. So right. that's really cool, first of all. But then what's even better is the fact that uh, John DiBartolo, the uh, real life Lonely Mountain Band, head of the real life Lonely Mountain Band, right? Uh, writes a ton of Tolkien music, and he's actually allowed us to use his music, and actually became one of the music editors. So he's actually editing his own music into this <laughs> uh, project, which uh, I was totally blown away by because we were having this conversation, like, "Can we use your music?" And then at the very end, I threw in like would you want to edit the music in as well? And he said, yes, like right immediately. And so I was just totally blown away because I expected him to be busy or something like that. So that was really cool. Um, And then after that, once the landscape scouting and the music's done, then I go in and film all the different scenes and then edit all that down to a short video because filming all those scenes, you end up with, like, you know, multiple hours of content that you have to then condense down and pick the best shots and all that stuff. And so it's kind of like doing the script writing all over again, just with video. <laughs> right, exactly. So the uh, the filming is just basically sort of character point of view screen, uh, screen capture, essentially? Right. It's first person uh, screen capture um, with uh, walk mode turned on most of the time. Right. And, uh, you know, very slowly moving camera angles. And also there's some electronic camera angles that are added in after the fact as well. Right. Some um, of the zooms and... and uh, right, yeah. Things. Right, right. 
And uh, so that's uh, pretty much the entire process. Uh, but I did forget about one part, which is that we actually have actors and actually uh, do uh, scene acting and things like that when we can't find a way to portray a particular part in Lotro. And so we do things like uh, have the four uh, core hobbits uh, going on journeys and uh, have uh, the four hobbits at uh, different places around Middle-earth and do things like that and have Gandalf showing up at different places that he would. And so we have to actually do that. The toughest part of episode one by far to portray visually was the scouring of the Shire. Mm -hmm. First of all, I'm pretty sure that's never been done visually. Ever. Ever by in anybody, any medium, I believe. Yes, I believe that. I believe that this video is the first ever screen adaptation of the Scouring of the Shire. Yes, and so we had nothing to go on. First of all, which <laughs> was a big challenge. Yeah, um, and then also it required the most number of scenes because that's one of the uh, largest parts of Shire history when right. the battle actually comes to the Shire. Um, and, you know, obviously with Vanderbrus it comes there as well, but this is the one that Tolkien wrote more about. And so we had to actually get, you know, a Saruman and the four hobbits and other hobbits that come as well that they're leading. And also combine mod shots in with this thing as well because there's actual battles that are taking place. And so it was right. just a lot of planning that went in. And it was also by far the hardest part of the script edit because... It, uh, when you actually read through it, it really doesn't make that much sense. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, there's, like, three or four different battles that go on, and, like, nobody dies hardly at all. And so yes. it's just – it's very challenging to weed that down into something that makes sense and doesn't get mundane to have it go over and over again of these different battles that they're having. So that that was a tough challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Um no, it is. Uh, it is. It is very challenging, and I, I think you're right. By the way, I mean, I think it's an excellent choice. One of the things that I really admire about the video is that it it, does, it doesn't just tell the story about the Shire, but it really tells the story from the Hobbit's point of view. It, it, it tries to to focus on the things that the Hobbit the Hobbits themselves would consider important. I love the, the the. I mean, you cover everything. You know, from the. You know the 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 beginning of the of the Shire. You know the the pre Hobbit period of the Shire. You know in the Kingdom of Arnor, all the way up through, and you do go through like the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings, but you only tell the parts of the story that are at all interesting to hobbits. I love the fact that <laughs> we basically go from Rivendell pretty much to Mount Doom, and like some other stuff happens in the middle. But but like the important thing was Frodo and Sam got to Mount Doom, and 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 the thing is is that's that's kind of right. I mean, you get the think about the 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 brief uh, description we got in um, in in the Return of the King, right? With the 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 gaffer who's trying to understand. Uh, where Sam has been and what he's doing, right? He's been chasing black men up mountains, right? Is his is his characterization of, of what exactly <laughs> Sam's been up to? Um, so, uh, so yeah, it, it's. I, I mean, I, I really like that that emphasis, and you are completely right. I mean, I think that the Battle of Bywater um, and the events leading up to the to the Battle of Bywater um, is, I would say, I would even say it is easily the most important event in the history of the Shire with the possible exception of the crossing of the Brandywine, uh, and the settling of the Shire in the first place. Um, 
more important even than the Battle of Greenfields. Because the Battle of Greenfields was just a battle against some goblins who were threatening to invade. It's a big deal, right? But very much different from the fact that, you know, these these human brigands had come in and had in fact taken over the Shire. And then the, 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 the hobbits of the Shire themselves band together and rise up and throw out the invaders. That's a bigger deal than, you know, the sort of lone hero Bullroarer took you know, with, uh, you know, with sort of taking a posse and meeting the goblins up in the North Farthing, right? I mean, that's, again, not that that's not a big deal, but it's nothing like as big for the, for the, for the entire Shire as a whole, um, as the Battle of Bywater. So I, 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 I think it's very defensible to have, uh, so much of the video focusing on that. Yeah. One invented a game and the other defended an entire land, you know? Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not that golf isn't important and everything, but 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 still, you know, absolutely. Cool, cool. Um, so, uh, what was the most uh, the sort of the the most challenging thing when actually filming? Um, I know you said the Nazgul were were were, were really difficult. I, actually, I have to say, I was pretty impressed by the shots of the Nazgul that you did get uh, <laughs> in the film because I was uh, I was I was not quite sure how how that was going to happen uh, since you can't really have somebody dressed up as a Nazgul. Right. Yeah. That's that's one uh, downside is that the outfits in Lotro don't allow you to dress up as like a full fledged Nazgul. You can you can look pretty close, but it, you can still tell that it's clearly you know a guy in a suit and right. that. That wouldn't really work <laughs> for for the series. And so we were saved, actually, by the PvP map being introduced to the game. And if you go into the uh, enemy side, uh, there's actually all nine Nazgul, some mounted, some not, and the Witch King in the center in this big uh, camp uh, that are all there just, you know, standing around waiting to be filmed. So it actually worked out uh, really well. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. I've, n- I've never been there before. So, yeah, well, it just got added to the game in the last like two weeks, so that's well, probably why. That's why I've never been there before. Yeah, I haven't done any of the uh, the PvP stuff anywhere, so I, I, uh, that's still not yet part of my Lotro experience. Yeah, that's actually outside the uh, Osgiliath map. That's outside the city of Osgiliath, okay. apparently. Right, right. Um, before it gets uh, you know taken over and all that. Right, right. Yeah. Um, the hardest scene by far was coordinating all those hobbits running up that hill to Saruman. <laughs> right. You have no idea how hard it is to coordinate <laughs> people with lag and other things like that running up a hill and then stopping at the correct spot so that they don't get too close or accidentally run into one another because they'll clip through. Right. And so that was very difficult <laughs> to get them to to run to that spot. and. We must have had minimum a half hour of just running up that hill again and again to get that shot. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, um, I guess one problem you don't have with, um, uh, you know, with uh, with actors on a on a live set is the problem of having them run into each other and overlap with each other. <laughs> but uh, I can see Thankfully. how in game that's a, that's a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I think. Possibly my favorite single moment in uh, episode one 
is when Saruman kicks Wormtongue. That was just the greatest. <laughs> I didn't even know <laughs> that the that kick move that Saruman does. I I didn't even know that P, that PCs could do that. And uh, I was just so surprised. I mean, you know, I wasn't surprised by the narration, of course. Like I was expecting him to kick Grim. I just wasn't expecting the character actually to do it. I, I just I just sort of uh, laughed for probably inappropriate amount of time after I saw him kick Grima for the first time. <laughs> yeah, and that's another hard part is some of the emotes are really cartoony, mm-hmm. or if you do too many emotes, it can get really cartoony. So it's hard to find that balance and, you know, actually work within what the game's given you to be able to do. And so that's been a big challenge as well. Um, in general, the hardest things to do are probably the battle scenes because I have to, first of all, set up the actual battle and set up the, the map in the mod and things like that and make sure that it's all uh, you know set up correctly. Then I have to make sure that they fight correctly to where the outcome is how it's supposed to be. <laughs> right. So that you don't have, you know, the hobbits losing the Shire from the brigands <laughs> that are coming through. Right. Might be a little bit bad. Um, right. And so portraying that and also having uh, the correct uh, run speed and making sure that the camera angle will be able to be correct and making sure there's not like a tree where the camera needs to be, where the armies are meeting and things like that takes a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and um, also because of the way the mod works, and I haven't uh, played around with it much before filming, also just remembering what certain uh, units look like, and trying to find the right kind of goblin orc, right, <laughs> that right. doesn't have like super armor or things like that, and uh, yeah, that that was tough as well. Right, but um, in general, yeah, the the battle shots are the hardest to do. Yeah, I, I have to say, I was pretty impressed, though, when uh, you were talking about how the hobbits sent uh, um, archers <clears throat> up to the Battle at Fornost, and uh, <laughs> and you actually had a troop of hobbit archers running across. I, I was uh, when, when I noticed there were bows in their hands, I was very impressed. As far as scale goes, we might have gone a little Jacksonian, but <laughs> I think it worked. Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't say they only sent, you know, like 10 hobbits. They sent a bunch. You you did depict a large number of hobbit archers heading north. but uh, We did actually, uh, because they didn't specify there, we uh, took a little bit of a liberty as far as scale goes. But whenever they do mention, like, a band of orcs, a typical band is about a hundred uh, people, right. and so we try to get close to that number uh, by changing the scale of the mod and things like that to make it work. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, what would you say? Like, who's the intended audience of this exactly? Is this designed for Lotro players primarily, or for for for, for people who don't play Lotro? Who 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 would you who, who do you most hope finds this 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 video series? Well, our intended audience, we'll see if it actually happens, but our intended audience is just Tolkien fans in general, um, mm-hmm. particularly newer Tolkien fans. But we're also hoping to have you know, a few things that people who have really dived into it can learn as well. Yes. Or maybe the way we're combining it together allows them to see certain connections that they didn't see when it was spread out across you know, thousands of pages or hundreds of pages. Yes. Um, and so doing things like that to where... Hopefully, 
anyone that's a Tolkien fan can actually watch these and learn something from it and not to be getting a headache because you're using all these different Tolkien names <laughs> of like, you know, the whole lineage of the elves. We won't be reading the lineage of the elves. If <laughs> worried about that. We're not. So we're not going to, we're not going to get like of Beleriand and its realms. That's, that's not going to, that's not going to feature. That's not in the planned no. schedule. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> Okay. No, it is. It, it, you know, it, it is something that is uh, often with things like that very challenging to to, um, especially when you're doing the silmar. I mean, the Silmarillion in general, of course, but <clears throat> even the appendices as well can be kind of overwhelming for people. Um, overwhelming with with names and things like that to remember. Um, and it is. I, I I do. I mean, I do think that you've succeeded in 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 hitting both levels both the introductory level and and sort of the more advanced level. I found, you know, the first episode really delightful, being able to see, um, I, I, like I said, there isn't any place <clears throat> where that whole story is told together. Um, and, you know, one of the overall effects of the script that I think I like most is the way in which, you know, I mean, of course you spend a lot of time when you get to, like, Bilbo and subsequently in Shire history. Um, but that's exactly that's exactly appropriate. I mean, one of the things that Tolkien keeps, keeps emphasizing is what an enormous turning point, you know, both first Bilbo's adventure and then the War of the Ring are for hobbits as a whole, both in the sense of their connection with the outside world and the recognition, their recognition by the outside world. There's, you know, he mentions this a lot, how they, you know, they, they rose to, to become among the great, uh, you know, and to, to, you know, to take their places in the, in the history of the, of, of, of Middle Earth. Um, but of course also the way in which they themselves really kind of, you know, redefine themselves in the scouring of the Shire, as I was mentioning before, is really kind of the culminating moment of that. Um, but uh, but it's just I, I mean I think it's really cool how you you know you, you do the entire history of the Hobbits up through uh, into the Fourth Age, but you um, you know but the way that it kind of dilates and emphasizes, um, I I do applaud your editing team not only because they <laughs> do work that I could not possibly do, but also because. Um, I mean, I think that, that that what has been, you know, sort of the shape of what has been left seems to me really appropriate. The way that the stuff that is emphasized, like Bilbo's adventure, right? Um, you know, the important thing, you know, all of the things that could be said from an outside perspective to be, to be important, like the, the reestablishment of Erebor uh, and all this, are barely mentioned, right? The important thing is that Bilbo went off on this adventure and came back home again and was changed and, you know, and, and, and had his, that, that's what really matters from the Hobbit point of view. And that's what the, the video really emphasizes the role that that story has, uh, you know, and of course the finding of the ring and, and the meeting with Gollum. Um, right. The so, idea yeah. is that it's a, you know, just a random Hobbit that's heard all these tales and is, you know, combining it into this history of the Shire essentially. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's what's important to them. And so we don't even actually mention most of the Fellowship's names in this right. first episode. <laughs> right, right. I think it's like the Four Hobbits, Gandalf, and everybody else, or something, and the rest of the Fellowship, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because exactly. the the average Hobbit doesn't care what Aragorn's name... I mean, he they care that, you know, Aragorn's, you know, reuniting the kingdom because they become part of the kingdom. 
but they don't really care about Legolas and Gimli and, you know, that sort of thing. So Right, right. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. They're not interested in the whole story for the whole story. Again, I just love the... So then they left Rivendell and a bunch of other stuff happened, but eventually, you know, <laughs> Frodo and Sam met Gollum, and then they got to Mount Doom. Um, uh, you know, that's... I, again, I, I just think that that's really... That's really well done. Another touch that I really enjoyed um, was talking about Gandalf's connection with the Shire and how, you know, when that happened, um, how that coincided with the, with the fell winter. That, If I'm remembering correctly, that comes in an Unfinished Tales. Um, that's not right. even in, in, in Appendix A. So, again, you're, you're doing a great job of bringing things together from all over. You know the uh, the published works of Tolkien and the posthumously, posthumously published works of Tolkien to to sort of uh, you know show show the whole story as it finally kind of came together uh, in Tolkien's mind. I think that that's really that that's a really cool thing. I'll be interested to see uh, how that uh, you know carries on how how those things kind of come together in some of the other. So like I'm I'm I'm, I'm particularly looking forward to the. The uh, the dwarf stories, for instance, to see how the you know the appendix A material and the unfinished tales material and stuff are all kind of brought together. That should be fun. Yeah, we a little bit of a spoiler for future stuff, but uh, <laughs> we do actually go into the entire uh, well, not the entire, but we we do highlight the creation of the dwarves. Really, you go back? Of course, another back very game, challenging right? thing to portray visually. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. As there's not really an outlay figure in Lotro, exactly. Right. right. Yeah, and uh, we're actually figuring all that out right now. Actually, yeah. so <laughs> interesting. Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. So you are going back. So so, how much Silmarillion stuff are you are you doing exactly? I mean, so you're you're, you're basically you're you're willing to, to draw from from everything, right? We are. We're trying to limit it. So, for example, the fourth episode's the story of Rivendell. So we kind of stick with Elrond mm-hmm. and follow what he does a bit. But we're trying not to get into things that we can't portray visually right now. Right. right. <laughs> and so uh, in some cases, we're a little bit less successful than we'd like to be. But um, with as far as preventing our visual team from pulling all their hair out. But, uh, you know, they figure out ways to get it done so far, and it's been working well. So Cool. Our, uh, so our first episode's The Shire. Our second episode's Bree. Our, sec- our third episode is the blue mountains right and our fourth fourth episode is rivendell and so we kind of do a brief overview of the four races at least in eriador right and basically you know establish that then our fifth episode we're going to be going to angmar okay and telling the entire uh history you know summed up but the entire history of angmar and visually, that's a challenge, even though Lotro actually has Angmar. Right, right. <laughs> but it's still a challenge because there's a lot of stuff about, like, the Witch King and things he's doing and yes, battles exactly. he's doing. And <laughs> Yes, the, so, the protagonist of that episode is kind of uncooperative to film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and so from there, we kind of follow different places uh, throughout Arnor. Um, so talking about Weathertop and, you know, Amon Sul and going to Fornost and doing, uh, 
you know, the area of Evendim and, you know, Anuminos, and uh, then kind of uh, finishing out Eriador, and then we'll be with the Misty Mountains and a few other places, and then we'll be moving on to Moria. Cool. So, got quite a ways planned out, and that's because we actually have our teams spread out, so... Right now, when episode one is getting ready to be released, our lore researchers are already almost done with our ninth episode. Wow. (laughs) And so then that allows us to go through the whole process I mentioned earlier. Everyone to have three weeks or so. We're hoping to release an episode about every three weeks. Once school gets started and people get busy, that might change. But uh, we're hoping every three weeks. And so with that in mind, you have to spread everybody's roles out <laughs> in order yeah. to keep the episodes coming and to keep them at a decent quality. So, Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's a, it's a lot of planning. You know, it's especially, you know, thinking, well, you know, these videos aren't really all that long, right? You think, but it's, it's an amazing amount of, of uh, coordination and work that, that goes into these. It, it is to stay lore appropriate, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so you mean it'd be easier if you just made stuff up? It, it, we we could probably <laughs> cut out at least a week, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. So how are you uh, funding the videos? Yes, well, we are uh, making them free for everyone, obviously, for legal reasons, among others. Um but we are accepting uh, donations to help this series continue through Patreon. And you can go to patreon.com slash andang, or if you watched the end of the first episode, which will be on my YouTube channel, uh, PVMP Andang, you can actually uh, click a link that will take you to help uh, support the series. And basically, it takes so much time that this is kind of my job right now. <laughs> right. Um, but I'm not being paid for it. You know, it's just volunteer stuff. And everyone on the team is volunteers. But it'd be nice to give a little, people a little bit of uh, credit for their volunteer time. Yes. So. I totally get that. I totally <laughs> get that. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, that's, uh, that, that, that's great. Well, you know, I know people are going to be are going to be interested in this. I think this would be a really fun way for people to, uh, you know, for, for people who have read Tolkien before to begin to kind of get a taste of, of the depth of things, you know, just, just sort of, uh, a, something which both serves as an overview to kind of bring things together that many people will not have noticed or will not have put together. Um, you know, because they're, they are drawn from, from some of, uh, some of the more obscure works, um, but also, as I say, I hope that it will sort of inspire people to read more and to, to, to want to learn more. Um, yeah, that's our goal. Things. So, yeah, that's really cool. That's really neat. So this is ultimately, this is all about talking education. This is, this is, that's uh, right. you know, about sort of inspiring, inspiring the, uh, the, 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 the talking experts of the future, which is fantastic. Um, so yeah, so people who watch your video series get really interested and then they can go on and take Mythgard classes and there we are. That's right. Teaming up. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Andang, thank you very much for uh, for talking about this. I think this is going to be a, this is going to be a really exciting uh, series to watch, and uh, I know I'm going to be. Uh, I, I know I'm I'm uh, very eagerly looking forward to to future episodes, and uh, I'm, I'm certainly going to be interested to see where you guys go. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. 
Very good. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and Godspeed.